0: to episode, uh, we'll, we'll go 4.5 on this, 4.5. Um, the rest of the guys couldn't make it today, so it's just me. And I had the mic set up and everything, so I figured, fuck it, let's do this. Uh, sometimes people can't make it. I feel bad, I always feel bad when, uh, when people have to do stuff alone. I try to uh, jump in there and be there, but sometimes it's it's just not possible, and the, I know everybody's had a really busy thing going on, but I feel bad because I've tried to dedicate to this podcast, and uh, we got to turn out podcast or we don't got an audience. So, uh, hopefully, the guys listen to this and are okay with me putting one out there. I'll I'll talk to them before I do that. Um, I'm going to talk about a couple things today. Listening to music whilst we work. And that goes all over the board. I mean, you listen to music whether you're in a kitchen cooking or you're in a in a shop turning wrenches. So there's lots to talk about there I think. And then we're gonna talk about working overtime. Give a couple pointers to the people who work overtime and the people who uh I don't know, our boss and people that are working overtime. So the leaders and the and the workers. We'll talk about that. And then obviously got a beer review that I chose the beer this time. So maybe they might be upset, but uh I don't know if if Cooper would even be able to find it. I know he's having a hard time, so. And then obviously a the tip of the week. I'll start I'll start with with the beer review. Um it's called It's called Belching Beaver uh bre- brewery. I can't even say brewery right now, peanut butter milk stout, and they nailed it, they nailed the peanut butter on it, I think that it would be better a little bit colder, but I was kind of um, a dummy, and I I just put it in a frosted mug, but I didn't keep the beer cold, so it it's not bad, um, it's got a really weird, as you're drinking it, as it's going down, uh, you you get this like, oh, man, this beer is going to taste like shit. It almost is like when you drinking that extra IPA last episode. And then and then you finish in that aftertaste. It it almost doesn't taste peanut buttery. It almost tastes, uh, I don't know, chocolatey. It's a good beer. It's a good beer. I, I don't mind it at all. I don't know that I'll be buying it every time I ever go out or maybe once in a while if I see it and I'm like, mm, that was a good beer. I might try it a few times just for, I don't know enjoyment I guess all of that being said I'm going to give this beer I'm going to give this beer a 3.7 yeah we're going to go with 3.7 I love my decimals if you can't uh, if you can't tell 3.7 on that beer let's talk about it has been bugging me Uh, and I I'll say it again Try not to be political, but I, I gotta say this has been bugging me. So this whole Donald Trump like impeaching him thing, and they're pushing for it. And the scary thing about it to me, or what gets me uh, worried, is that like in, for the first time in his in his since he was elected president, it feels like they're pushing hard enough that they might succeed. And I don't think in a fair way they find that finally find that little fucking loophole and like cheat their way into uh impeaching him and I'd like to think that I could take up arms and revolt because socialism is a scary fucking thing and the ignorance these people have to not wanting to research what it's done to like Venezuela and stuff like that just blows me away. But <clears throat> You find out things like... Like they just recently... um, Start allowing whistleblower complaints. And this is like in August. They just start allowing them to be based on rumors and hearsay. And... Whereas before there had to be some credibility to it. um, Now rumors and hearsay. And then there's going to be like an investigation and whatever else. And... I don't know. That just... They change it in August, and then all of a sudden there's a whistleblower complaint within, you know, uh, within inside of a month, this shit hits the fan. And, and the shitty thing about it is, is I have yet to hear who this whistleblower is. And if I was a whistleblower, if I had something that I wanted the American people to say, or hear, sorry, hear, I would... I'm sorry I'd show my face. I don't I don't know how anybody's expect to believe expected to believe this like shadow figure whistleblower. I don't know. And if you're such a coward that you can tell on somebody but you don't want them to see your face, you either are telling a lie, which we know has been done repeatedly for three fucking years or you're not real. <laughs> and it makes me wonder if it's not a real person. If it's just a complaint that it was like, what, what can we say? And they just emailed, okay, yeah, there's our good story. Okay, uh, give it to this person and let them, they're real dark. Sort of thing. And they've been doing this shit from the get-go. It's just really shitty that all of a sudden it's like a game that they're playing. I like to think that we have enough... Uh, actual decent people in in our political system that would fight it and keep it at bay. And I'm not opposed to if they had legitimate evidence that showed that he was doing this or that, um, or if he did commit a crime. Okay, then yeah, there needs to be a reason to impeach him. That's that's real. That's tangible. And not some shadow figure. And, you know, and the, sh- the shitty thing is we have more tangible proof that Hillary Clinton deleted 33,000 emails. And the whole Benghazi thing and all the shit that Obama and them did, you know, weaponizing our intelligence community to cheat in an election. And, and nothing comes of it. None of these people are still there, and then obviously the biggest thing is Epstein, we talked about the last episode, there's, there's beyond coincidences there, and uh, it's scary, it's scary because we might lose one of the greatest presidents I feel we've ever had over shit that's not tangible, but we weren't able to lock up people who committed treason with tangible proof. We've seen them doing it for so long. I mean, they did it to Kavanaugh, and was it, Brett Kavanaugh, and they've done it to all these people, and never was able to found any, find anything out. I mean, they, they, uh, how many of those women came forward and said Trump did this, and then come to find out he didn't do that, and not that guy's, I'm sure he's not a nice dude. I'm sure he's kind of a dick, but I'm sorry, kind of what we needed to turn shit around. I don't know, it it just freaks me out, it just freaks me out, and it freaks me out because I would really hate to have to take up arms against my fellow Americans to keep this country from going down the shitter, and you would think that anybody who wanted to attack us would wait right till the moment when we're fighting each other to sucker punch us hard and just take us down. That's my paranoia, though. On the, on the plus side, changing the topic. Um, been hitting the golfing hard the last couple of days just trying to finish up this season. That's really becoming my sport. and I, It's kind of hard. It's really funny because when you don't live on a golf course and you're kind of a ways away from it and you don't have like a group of people to, to do it with you, it's kind of a hard sport. To want to keep up because it's not really a game where you want to play by yourself. It's crazy because I watch these guys drive by or walk by on the course by themselves all day and it just looks not fun. But when it's you and your buddies just watching each other, having fun, shooting the shit, it is definitely a good sport, you know, even if it's just you and one other person. So I do have to give John a shout out for giving me an invite last second today. I took my one year old and put her in a car seat, and John and I had a blast. Golf's a good game. Pretty good. Um, Definitely not my best, though. And I want to apologize to the guys the day before who probably never listened to this. I'm sorry for ricocheting a ball off of your uh, John Deere. So I wanted to talk about listening to music while we work, what genres do we all think are the best, and radio hogs. How do you handle those kind of people that that try and choose... uh, channel and what's listening to all the time and they and i've come across them they're bad and i've got a few stories about some guys uh from where i've worked in the past that i didn't i didn't wasn't there firsthand but there's some interesting stories where they (laughs) they don't work there anymore let's just say that okay um (laughs) i can tell you that for me listening to music uh puts me in a good mindset Um, if my mind is if if I'm working and I don't have music my mind tends to wander really I don't know how to say it like aimlessly and um, I almost have I almost get so lost in what I'm doing I mean I think I can see what's going on in front of me I'm doing whatever and I talk to people around me but when I'm listening to music, it keeps me really on, on point because if I start to talk to people and I get to bullshitting then I get pulled away from work or whatever that might be, yeah, there's there's a problem there sometimes. In But when I'm listening to music, especially if I get the chance to do something with <clears throat> earbuds in, which unfortunately they're not always allowed in the industry that I'm in, but sometimes you get to put them in there. I will try and end a conversation as shitty as it sounds sooner so I can get back to listening to what I'm listening to. And and it's not always music. I I guess I shouldn't say music because I particularly get involved in my work when I'm listening to an audiobook. My day will go by so fast when I listen to an audiobook, especially earbuds, because I'm just I got the story, I'm listening to it. I got what's going on in front of me and I'm just kicking ass, you know, even, even running the pit in my service truck, I'd listen to it, listen to it. And then when I get out to the truck or whatever the piece of equipment is where it's loud, I'd pause it or whatever it might be. I'd get my work done and I, I wouldn't rush through it, but I'm, I'm focused. I, I have my mind like, let's get this done, done right. So I don't have to, to deal with this anymore and let me go listen to my book or music. Music's fine because the problem with music is eventually it kind of gets re- repetitive, especially when you listen to like Spotify or something like that or especially radio. Even XM radio, it gets pretty repetitive and I find myself changing the channel just about every night, multiple times a night. Sometimes I can listen to a channel a whole night, you know, Octane or or whatever it is, but I got to listen to everything. That's the other thing about me is I don't like any one particular m- music I would say more than the others. I guess I do kind of have a preference where I can just about listen to it anytime, whether I'm in the mood for it or not. That's probably hard rock, like Octane. But I also know that I listen to just about everything. And when I say everything, I'm talking, I'll listen to, you know, 50s on 5, 60s on 6. I'll listen all the way up to Pop 2K and that the other couple of channels after that, and, and I mean, the Pulse, and I'll listen to whatever, and my Spotify has everything from Otis Redding to freaking Lady Gaga on it, I just, music's music, man, and it's funny, because growing up, you had, like, and even now, I still run into people that will give you shit for, like, I can't believe you're listening to that, and it's like, dude, it's just music, man, and that song might not be cool, or it might be somebody who's not cool, but that song, that song brings me back to some pretty good times or my childhood or whatever it is, you know? So I don't apologize for what I listen to. And I don't think anybody should. It's pretty crazy that people, and I've heard it like, I can't believe you listen to fucking pop music. All they ever want to listen to is, um, octane. It's like, dude, you're pretty fucking, uh, I don't want to, I don't know how to say this. You're a pretty dull person. If you only listen to the same fucking 300 songs over and over. And that's the only way you get joy, you know? And and there's not a lot of creatures on this earth that that enjoy music. I've never witnessed much more than some you know birds, and maybe some dogs that like music. Um, let alone make what we get to have. You know, the day that songbirds start turning out fucking rock music or hip hop, that'll be some Alvin and the Chipmunks shit, I guess. And you get. You get people that, um, they really hog the radio. Those are those people that can't, I can't listen to it. I can't, I can't. It drives me crazy. And I have a couple things to say to those people. And for starters, I can't is, is something that's just, if there was one phrase in this fucking world that I could strike out of everybody's fucking memory, it would be, I can't. I and. And coming from a parent standpoint, it bugs the fuck out of me. I hate it. I hate hearing my kids say I can't do something. And it's whether it be out of laziness or just not believing in themselves, it pisses me off. And so then it gets to the point where, I mean, my wife will say it, and she knows she can, but she's doing that same thing. I can't even right now, and it just sets me off. And it's got to the point where in my household, we've had to have these talks where. If you say I can't, that's like that's punishable, man. That's punishable by grounding or, or whatever else it might be. And we hold each other. My wife and I hold each other to a pretty high standard. I don't feel like there's a, a fight that can be lost or a mountain that can't be climbed. So I can't pisses me off on that front. And then it really bugs me when people say I can't listen to this or I or or hog the radio and I ain't listening to that bullshit. Well, that's great. If you're somebody who's worked there for, uh, I don't know, 25 fucking years, and you're the lead mechanic in the shop, and you're like, hey, this is just what we listen to, that's fine. I get that, and I can put up with it. I also think that's pretty fucking selfish. You're not the only person in the shop. Um, I try not to, like if I'm in the shop, or in a shop, or in a fucking kitchen, or I'm in somewhere, I try not to force music that the majority doesn't like to listen to. You know, if everybody's kind of like, dude, not feeling it. Obviously, I'm not going to force 50s music on a fucking whole bunch of millennials that don't give a shit about that, you know. We we can find common ground there. But I really can't stand it when you get these people that are like... And you know who, who does it a lot. I'm sorry to stereotype. But people who are just like stuck in the fucking... <coughs> people who are just stuck in the 80s and 90s. Those... Tend to be the people that I've found have a hard time changing the radio station or or listening to anything else, for the very same reason that I listen to a whole bunch of things. The 80s was a good time, or that might be their childhood, or or they, you know they were teenagers or whatever it might be, or they were just raised on it, and that brings them back. And and their parents only listen to that or only listen to whatever it might be. Okay, I get that, but don't be afraid to open up your mind, because it's amazing, uh, some of the people, like my dad is is pretty amazing on the front, he's working underground, and he's working with actually a couple of guys that I graduated high school with that I haven't seen, and he's he's befriending these guys, man, they're, you know, at the time, 24, 25 years old, you know, and he's in his 50s, and he's riding out to work with these guys, and they're playing games, and they're just having a good time, and so Fast forward like a few months of him working with all these guys and we're at, at my parents' house and all of a sudden Bees in the Trap starts playing by know, oh, was it Nicki Minaj or I can't remember I think that's who it is or whatever the fuck her name is. Um I'll give I'll give you it's a catchy song. But my dad is like I really like this song, man. It's just a good song and it took me by surprise, you know, a guy who growing up listened to Otis Redding and, and 80s and music and 50s, 60s and country and you name it. He just listened to it because he was the kind of guy that you just turned on the radio, which wasn't biased at the time. The radio just played everything in, I guess, I don't know, smoke weed, you know, in a car. And so he just listened to it all. And that kind of wore off on me with a lot less weed smoking but radio hogs really get to get to be difficult sometimes and and one of the so this is how you don't handle it and i don't know names and if i did i probably wouldn't say it but i i do know that at least twice out at at cortez it's happened and i'm sure it's happened a million times everywhere else in the world but we had we had two guys particularly, and in, in, in the one story I'm referring to is right after I started, so like a year ago, about this time last year, and it was at Pipeline where I'm at now, whereas before I was at Chop. But anyways, these, these guys get in this, it's like a whole week-long battle where one's listening to like a whole bunch of stuff, rock and whatever it else might be, and then there's another guy, he's just Blair in this, like, offensive rap music that's just, like, every other word is the N-word and all this other stuff, from what I gather. This is going on to the point where this guy... And I might add, the guy who wanted to change the channel and listen to something that was not that offensive, he was a black guy, and he just wanted, like, a chill thing. But they're listening to, like, comedy that's really offensive and just racist, and they're listening to music that's pretty degrading and saying a whole bunch of bad shit. And and to be honest with you, you're in a workplace, that music shouldn't be played to an extent. I mean, if you're listening to rock music and they use the F word every once in a while, just here and there, it's not hard. Or even if they bleep it out, if it's a song that's pretty clean, minus like one word, okay. But if every other word is profanity and just degrading, violent shit... Yeah, that's not workplace music, you know what I mean? You want to listen to that music in your car on the way out and on the way home, fucking be my guest on the bus, you know, put your fucking headphones in and listen to that stuff. Anyways, it gets to the point where the guy'd go over there, he'd change the channel, the other dude would come over, change it back, and it really was a crappy moment because the guy who was changing it back to the profane stuff, he's good buddies from what I gather with the with a supervisor who I don't think works there anymore. And so the super he goes in there and he's like, you know, that he goes in the office and basically tells him, like, that piece of shit won't listen to what I play sort of thing. And so the supervisor, not being a professional, goes, Well just go change the music and then take the faceplate off so he can't change the station And so um and and i think he also had a remote so even when there was the when there when there was the faceplate he was changing it from like across the shop and their battle goes on sorry to draw this out but you know long story short he takes the faceplate off guy goes over there unplugs it he plugs it back in starts playing again takes the faceplate back with him so the guy goes over there with a crowbar and proceeds to smash this radio into oblivion so that nobody can listen to it. So then, uh, you know, obviously ends up in HR, and, and the, the supervisor, for, from what everybody says, the supervisor and, and his lead man, or whoever the guy was listening to the shit music, um, basically gang up on that guy. And then, unfortunately, the two dudes involved the lead man and, and the black guy whatever his name is, they both get fired. And then not long after the supervisor followed, but the supervisor of course goes, well, I didn't know any of this was going on, which right there, piss poor leadership. And, and I'd say that to any, anybody in that position, you know, I'm, ai really believe in good leaders, man. I strive really hard to be a good leader whenever I'm in that position of leadership. So, and that's definitely not how you handle it. Um, I, I will give him this going over and trying to unplug it or whatever. He might have taken the steps prior to that. He tried. At some point in time, he should have just gone above the supervisor and went to to one of our, our GSs and been like, no, no, no. Or just taking it straight to H- HR and said, hey, this guy's playing really offensive music. I've tried changing the channel. I've tried doing this. He's got the supervisor on his side who's allowing him to do it. We need to get a meeting going on and he's not want to go tattle or take that shit to the to the office um i think he didn't want to be known as like a narc or something but so he went and sought better employment elsewhere on the behalf of hr's um uh i don't know recommendation we'll say that and so the way that i have found to get through to to radio hogs is, is really crazy is um, I don't even really know if there's a science behind it or if there's a set method somehow some way I just go over there change the channel when they go to change it back I like to passive aggressively under you know the right conditions make them feel like a piece of shit for not being outgoing <laughs> I don't know like oh so so you listen to that that music all the time huh you're pretty your wife must be just ecstatic about how how uh how, how I don't know how much variety you have in your life you know what I mean I don't That was kind of lame but you get my gist little things like oh you're so cool because you listen to the same five songs over and over I bet everybody wants to be friends with you sort of shit and uh as shitty as it sounds, almost play politics against them. You know what I mean? Like, God, you know, get everybody to the point where nobody wants to listen to this shit. If you don't change the channel, you're going to be the outcast. A lot of guys respond to that because, I don't know, because we're all high school cliques on a bigger scheme of things, maybe. And and that's the way I do it. That or I just found myself a job where I get to control the music. Or even just I go find the furthest fucking bay where there's no speaker or shut the speaker off to that bay and just bring my own music and listen to it in my bay. And when they come over and, and piss and moan, be like, dude, you don't listen to, to what everybody wants to. This is what I want to listen to, you know. And, and then I also get the, I'm also fortunate enough to be like, this is my work area. You're not. I don't want you in it you don't get out of it I'll take it up higher than you you know and most guys just leave it never really has to get to that point only a few times have I ever actually had to tell somebody just how much of a, a pile of fuck they're being but long time long time it, it, it's weird it kind of starts to go away um, as you get a little bit older when people don't see you as just some uh, I don't know snot nosed kid working overtime Oh man, where do I start with this one? Jobs that you you would and wouldn't give. We'll start on the leadership side of things. If you're a supervisor, a lead man, whatever it might be. And you got some guys that just came in on overtime. The last place you should be putting them in for many reasons is on the shit jobs. You should not be putting them there. And And I say this not because... You need to make favorites or you need to <clears throat> baby overtimers. But for one, you want, especially when you are behind and getting your ass kicked, for me, overtimers coming in is a godsend because they can help you out. So you give them the easier. Or the simple stuff. For another reason, too, is if they're overtimers and you haven't had a lot of experience working with them or they haven't worked for you a lot of times, how do you know what they're capable of or what you can trust? And a lot of guys don't want to come in on overtime, go run around a pit, or go do a million fucking miles an hour on a day that they're not really supposed to be there. They came in, volunteered for overtime, you know. They came in to help. I mean, they came in to make more money, obviously, but they're willing to come to that place because they don't think their job's that bad. The last thing you want to do is stick them on just the shittiest job, the one that's the dirtiest, out in the weather, whatever it might be. You know what I mean? God, the last thing I'd want an overtimer to do is have to fucking suck out shitters or whatever it might be. So, so you take those guys and you put them on the PMs, the shop cleanup, the special jobs, the ones that'll, that are a little bit different. Some some guys might prefer it if you ask them where they want to be. I mean, if you're that kind of boss, they might say they want to go run the pit, or they might want to get in a service truck and, and go dink around for the day. Um, to me, that's a waste of a service truck. And for another thing... Taking guys on your crew who you want to move up, who don't always get those opportunities, you take those guys <coughs> you take those guys, you put them in the service truck, you give them the experience it's It's the way of building your deck, building your guys up, and giving your team strong- getting your team stronger, you give them those chances to go out there instead of taking every overtimer and throwing them out there. And some people are different. Hey, overtimers. Some of these guys are PMers or whatever they might be. We'll go throw them out there. So they get the experience. Mm, don't worry about other people's crews. Worry about your crew. And that's just the shitty way of putting it. Maybe, but ultimately you're in charge of your crew. And and that is your duty to your guys. Make them build them, help them succeed. And so taking over timers and putting them on the tough jobs or whatever it might be. With the exception of guys who signed up specifically to come in and do a certain job. If a guy comes, signs up says, I want to work specifically on that engine swap. Or I want to come in and work specifically, I don't know, on this project. We'll just say that, this project. And you say, okay, sign here. And they sign up and they come in. Those guys knew what they wanted to work on, they volunteered to work on that, then put them there. Put them there. Don't have them come in and be like, well, I know that's what you were told by these people and this and this and this person, and this is what I was told, but this is not where I need you. You're going to do what I tell you. And I've had that. I've had that. I've come in. I've signed up to do a tranny replacement on a Ford van. I get in there, and I had a supervisor tell me, this is what you're doing. And I go, you know, me and the other guy who had come in and volunteered, We kind of, like, at the end of the meeting, we didn't say anything so much in the middle. Hey, we signed up under the the context. This is what we were told we were going to work on by, you know, this guy who's way higher than our supervisor. And the supervisor, believe it or not, had the balls to tell us, I tell you what you're going to do. You don't fucking tell me what you're going to do. And so... (laughs) We did what he asked us to do, which took about half the day. Got about halfway done with this tranny replacement. And then about three hours before the end of shift, called the, the boss who had originally come to us. Asked us to sign up for overtime to do this tranny replacement so that this other crew could have this van, these operators. we called and we, call we said, listen, this is what happened. This guy comes in. We tell him, you wanted us to work on this he was really unprofessional in how he did it. We just tried to talk to him and say, Hey, this is what we were asked to come and work on. This is the whole reason we volunteered. He then responded in this manner. And, and of course the superintendent, he, he, Oh man, I, I forgot to let him know that's what I was going to have you work on. And, and he, so he kind of just tries to find some middle ground instead of going, you know what, the way he handled it is not the way we handle shit, period. and, and kind of stick up for us, and and that's where a lot of guys get mistrust for salary. As scary as it sounds, they really they want somebody who who looks out for them. And it really sucks because it's like salary has a different agenda, and you and you don't know it until you get there. And not saying that I'm salary or gonna be salary soon, but. I'm close enough that I start to see that and it really sucks. I, I, I know that if I ever have a business and the salary and hourly, I everybody's going to know. Everybody's going to know the agenda. It's all going to be the same. It's going to be transparent because there's a whole other side of it that, that takes place. Um, and, and the, I guess the best way I could describe it is, uh, like working for Cummins Rocky Mountain and, and then it gets bought out by Cummins Incorporated. But fortunately they had the same goals and, um, they had like, I don't remember how many it was like six or eight core values and it was part of how they ran their business. And those core values were something that you had to show through and through on every level. And you would think that, like, number one in their core values was safety, right? They want their people safe. But no, it it wasn't. It was really crazy, and I, uh, in a minute, will tell you the order just about what it went. But it was so well thought out, and it was, like, almost like they had the hourly elite come up with this. And it was really cool because it was something that... Even when communication started to be lost, you could bring it up and you could have that and it almost it, just everybody holding each other to it, and the business ran great. I feel that it was the best company I've ever worked for. And that's, that's just my opinion. I'm not saying that I've worked that I work prior right, right now for a shit company. I don't feel that way at all, but the best company that I have ever worked for was Cummins, and, and this is why. so their number one core value was employee satisfaction. And then it went customer satisfaction and then safety. And their thought process on that was that customer sat or employee satisfaction led to happy employees. They were willing to follow the rules and that safety, customer satisfaction, safety, profitability, all that other all them other values would follow as long as you had a happy workforce that trusted you and was willing to, to go above and beyond because you had showed them good faith and good treatment. You treated them like people. And it was crazy because it worked. It worked good, at least from what I saw. And there's times where, hey, we can't, I don't know, do this because that's too expensive. Uh, 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 uh. What about how that's going to affect employee satisfaction? Or you can't do that because safety is before profitability and spending. So by you prioritizing that over this you're breaking the core values and and then at that point you didn't even have to make threats with HR. They were like, oh, you're right. Thanks for holding me to that. We'll get on that. We'll figure some way to work that in there. And damn good company to work for. Um, Some of it was corporate and some of it wasn't great. I mean, no company is 100% perfect, you know, or every every single person would want to work for them Um, regardless of what they wanted to do in their life. So straight away from the topic, a good point to how you run your overtimers is, is in satisfaction. And unless they're there for a specific purpose, always give them the jobs that are relatively safe, easy jobs, something that'll get them through the day quick. Maybe it's not always what they do. Um, but it's something that and then on top of that you get to work closer to them especially if you're throwing guys over on PMs PMs are, are not hard as far as some of the stuff that we do out there but they are something where you can keep an eye on them they do have a chance to excel they can shine, they can say look I found all these discrepancies let's get this fixed I can't believe they've been missed and they, they can look good their day could go fast, whatever it might be. Special projects, hey, I need you re- replacing or reorganizing this bay or this room or building these desks or whatever the project's got to be. These shelves. You know? And so, there's that way. There's there's that side of it. Uh, uh A tip. We'll go with this. Looking through, I want to talk about a um, couple tips to working overtime. One being that too much overtime is less money in your pocket. There's a fine line and it's hard to get. And the way I would recommend it to anybody wanting to work a lot of overtime is try working one day a pay period. See what how much that bumps your check. Work two days the next pay period. See how much that bumps that check. Until you find a meaning, because at some point your check's going to keep going up, and then, then you're going to do the math, and you're going to be like, whoa, 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 I worked three days of overtime, four days of overtime, um, but I only got paid 50 bucks more than when I worked three or two days of overtime. Well, yeah, you, you got to that right point where they taxed the crap out of your check. So, and a lot of guys that I work with are good at it. They know exactly how many hours they need to get that. Not, and then, you know, upgrades and whatever else might happen there kind of changes that and you got to reevaluate that. But I don't know. I like to work overtime and I, I like to work overtime on holidays like, like Memorial Day or, or Labor Day or something like that, especially the days where you get like two paid days. And I want to say it was like Memorial Day or I don't remember what holiday it was this last year or this year. I worked, it was, we got like two paid holiday days, like two eight hour days paid. Um, so, and they consider holiday pay like double time, I believe, but whatever it worked out. So I worked those two days. So you had like your 12 and a, or your 12 hours of overtime for the one day and your 12 hours so 24 hours. But then you also got, because you worked that holiday and it was overtime, double the pay for the 8 hours or the 16 hours. So you end up making these crazy crazy amounts and you didn't have to work 4 days, you didn't have to work three or however many days. It's it's a good way, especially like l- unless you have traditions that you do on those smaller paid holidays, do it, dude. Do it. Make the money because then not only are you making a good name for yourself, but you're making all that money. You're setting yourself self up better. You're not, you know, wasting vacation on a holiday that I, I don't want to say is like an upper-onchalant holiday. You can always take time off and make your own holidays or do whatever. So that's my first tip. If you're going to work overtime, don't work too much of it and work the right days. Pick your days and pick them wisely because you can work less hours but make way more because of the way companies pay. Tip number 2, uh I found that going in on overtime on a crew that I've never really worked on before or that I've um don't really, that I've heard maybe some things about that I freak me out or just make me uncomfortable and I'm kind of not socially awkward in that fuck it I'll just work it and I'm sure I'll get to meet somebody and I do the Eventually, I always end up seem, seeming to do pretty good, even if I've never worked on that crew. Um, but it's easier to work overtime with in a buddy system. So I like to get get with one of the guys on my crew, whoever it might be, and be like, hey, I'm going to work some overtime. Do you want to work a couple of days overtime with me and sign up together? And a lot of times, too, you'll go in and they'll put the two guys who signed up on overtime on the same job. So you go in there. And those are the good ways, too, if you're going to sign up for a specific job. If you want to sign up to replace that transmission, but you don't want to do it alone, get someone to do it with you, you both sign up for that specific job, then the two of you, especially because you get to pick who you work with that day, and it's just all around, it's good. So I recommend working buddy system or even, I mean, three people, a lot of places, especially right now, I know that. There's a lot of help that's being needed for whatever reason. People just aren't good fits or they got rid of people or people got went to, I don't know, quote greener pastures, you know. But um, there's lots of work to be had where I'm from. And overtime has actually even become a mandatory thing on some of these places and some of these um, departments. So, which that really sucks because then you're taking people's time away. Making it mandatory, like a fireball offense if they don't show up is, uh, I don't know. It sucks, and there's really nothing you can do about it, but it didn't, wouldn't make me feel right. I would rather invest in my people to keep them around and invest in some new people, even if it costs a little bit more for a little bit better people. So there's always that. And so I wanted to say that if anybody listening to this has something they want to add to anything or say or nitpick or or do whatever, say whatever, through this Anchor app, you can leave me a message. The app's free. We've had our difficulties with it, but it's been pretty well so far. I don't think that, honestly, if we went with a new app, we'd have much better luck. Um, and, and I like to see things through. so. If with the anchor app, it's free. You could do your own podcast. you can listen to whatever podcast you want um but you can also leave me voice messages and uh dolan has really dolan Peterson has really stepped up on that front and left a few messages and and he leaves it so that we can pretty much all hear it so um and I always value and cherish his opinion because he's pretty pretty wise on that front um thinks things through. Uh, work tip, on a more serious note, work tip, and we, we talked about this at work a couple days ago, but um, I really think it's a good one because it seems to be something that people in inside of work and outside of work uh, forget, and that is um, sometimes signs and barriers are there to give you the mindset of safety, not necessarily protect you, so they're there to affect that mindset and change your behavior because being safe is a behavior. It is an attitude. And uh, whether it's a selfish attitude or s- selfish behavior and you're safe for your own convenience and there's acts of God where accidents happen and they set you up and I've, I've been the victim of that kind of stuff where there's nothing you could have done. It was just this crazy how you left the house 45 seconds later or earlier you wouldn't have had to deal with it sort of thing Um, but it is it is a mindset it is mindset and it's crazy because you don't you don't have that knowledge that it's a mindset or that uh, that thought that it's a mindset and a lot of times because of that people are really quick to dismiss safety you know oh that wouldn't happen or just risk it i'll just chance it you know, um, and you see it, one of the best examples I could give is you see it with operators who decide not to get out of their truck and at least look down either side of it before they get in and back out of a ditch or pull forward through a ditch. They'll just be like, oh, uh, dispatch set him up, the op- or the mechanic, he must be gone now, and then they'll pull out of the ditch and run a service truck over, and I know there has been fatalities in the past because of it. And that mindset's for everything. Like I said, at home, you get a lot of people and they'll take things off of their, you know, they'll take labels, warning labels off of, I don't know, equipment around their house, fuck man, stoves or whatever it is, power tools, you know, oh, this grinder would work a lot better without this fucking shield on it and they take it off and, and, uh, yeah, I guess the job got done a little bit easier, but then you ended up going to the hospital because you freaking shot a piece of shrapnel into your fucking chest, so... So just know that safety is a behavior, um, and that behavior can be good, it can be fun, it can be bad, whatever, just, just, just know that it's a behavior, just know it's a behavior, and then make your decisions according to that, to the character that you want. All right, that was enough bullshitting with you guys tonight, um, I want to say thank you to those that do listen it kind of seems like we've uh, kind of dwindled on our views and I didn't expect that we'd take off or even that we get famous off this stuff, but I always do feel a lot uh, better when I see that we've got 20 people listening to it. So uh, to those guys that do listen to it on a pretty regular basis, um, please share our podcast, share it on your Facebook, share it on your Instagram Send it out via text message to your family and friends and get it out there because um, it gives, it could give us feedback. It could help us and and we're always trying to improve. So we have a YouTube channel and like I said, through this app, you can listen to our podcast because they distribute it on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, wherever they play podcast, these guys take it and they put it on there for us for free. So. And, and remember, we're not getting paid for any of this stuff. We're just doing it because we wanted to try it. Maybe someday we can get famous and we can make money. Um, the work van. And we are working on getting stickers and some other stuff for, for a lot of you guys. Um, send, us, send me messages. I would love to hear what you guys think. Um, I understand that we're not always technologically there. I mean, our podcast doesn't always sound clear. I know we want to work on that. Unfortunately, it makes it hard because we're podcasting as a group from long distance. So never is any of us in the same room at the same time. And I would love to work on that. So maybe if we get famous, we can pay for a studio or we can figure out how to get Cooper to move his fucking ass down here, Cooper. I'll let you live in my basement. Not much there. You can just sleep in the living room while you're down here. Tanner signing off. God bless. I love you guys. Thanks for listening.